Let's pray. Stretch forth your hand toward Pastor Mark today. Father, we thank you for utterance. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I thank you, Lord, for the greater one. I declare that greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. Thank you for strengthening each person in this place today. Thank you, Master, for the book and the Spirit of God moving mightily in our midst. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. So this morning in our series on I Choose, look at your neighbor and say, I Choose. I don't know if you remember, but we've uh, spoken twice on I Choose. And uh, the first Sunday we talked on I Choose Life. Last Sunday we talked on I Choose His Ability. Tonight we're going to be talking about I Choose to Pray. Now this morning I want to talk to you on this subject, I Choose Hope. Everyone say, I Choose, I Choose Hope. So open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29, and we'll notice in verse 11, and I'm going to look at the NIV version first of all, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Now notice this, he said, for I know the plans that I have for you. It's good to know that He has plans for us. Not just plan, but plans. He's got plans for you. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Now, part of His overall plan for you is for you to prosper. In 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. It's great to know that he's not the one trying to bring harm to us. We know who the harmer is, and it's not our father. The harmer is the enemy. How does he try to harm us? He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Amen. But say it with me, no weapon, no harm formed against me is ever going to prosper because my good, good father has plans of protection for me. Part of his protection plan for you is him giving his angels charge over you to keep you from harm in all of your ways. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now in the King James Version, it says this. 
For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. You and I are on his mind. The Lord has been mindful of you. The Lord is mindful of me. You are on his mind. When he hung on Calvary's cross, you were on his mind. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Hallelujah. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. He is thinking thoughts toward you that are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. As the NIV says, to give you a hope and a future. If you're here this morning and you're wondering what does your future hold, if you'll hook with the God of hope, your future holds great things. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, I don't know whether we have this or not, but the CE version says this. The contemporary English version says this. Let's just place our hand over a heart and say this. He is mindful of me. What does that mean? He's mindful how to bless you. And make you a great and even a greater blessing. Now the CEV version says this. We have it. I will bless you with a future filled with despair. Now that's not what it says. God's future for his sons and daughters never ever, ever is meant to bring despair or despondency or hopelessness into our lives. So he said, I will bless you with a future, I love that, filled with hope. Somebody says, how are you doing today, Pastor Mark? I'm filled with hope. When you're filled with the Spirit, you ought to be filled with hope. Amen? And that's another verse that we may get to by 4 o'clock this afternoon. I don't know. I'll bless you with a future filled with hope. A future of success and not of suffering. Say it with me. God has a future for me of success and not of suffering. Okay, so we've looked at Jeremiah 29, 11 from three different translations today. And man, if we went home right now, we could have said, wow, I got some good stuff today. But the basic summation of these verses is this. He's got plans to prosper you, plans to give you a peace that passeth understanding, and plans for the wholeness of your spirit of your soul and of your body. Spirit, soul, and body. 
wholeness, completeness, perfect peace while we're living in this life. That is the plan of God for you. Now, there's some people that that have this mentality. Well, you know, Pastor Mark, you just better watch out. Because, you know, after all, if you step out to do what God's called you to do, the devil will be right there. Oh, and I tell you, I mean, you're going to, you do the will of God, oh, you're really, really going to suffer. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some things that you suffer in doing the will of God, but it's never suffering what religion tells you you should be suffering. It's not suffering disease. It's not suffering poverty. What it is, is suffering persecution and suffering the pressures that come because of the word's sake. Amen? And so Jesus experienced those things, you know. Somebody said, well, there's certain people that hate me. Well, you're in good company. (laughs) Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you also. But by and large, when God calls, He equips. When God gives vision, He brings provision. And I think part of the provision that He brings is angelic assistance to help us carry out what God's put on the inside of us. So I'm not watching out for what the devil's trying to do. I'm keeping my eyes on him and rejoicing in what God's already done for me. Now look at Matthew chapter 11. This is important because this is a, this is a mentality that a lot of preachers have. This is a mentality that a, a lot of folks have. It's, it's kind of like it almost gets to a point where people have such a reverence for the devil. Oh, you, you better not say this. You better not do that. Don't you know that the devil will hear you? You know, years ago, Brother Hagin was down in Southern California, and they had an epidemic of the swine flu. The swine flu. And, you know, his, his ministry would have morning meetings and night meetings, and they would do AM teaching on prayer and teaching on faith, and then evening meetings and whatever the Spirit of God led to do. But in the morning meetings, I mean, just very few people would come to the services because there was this epidemic of the swine flu. Brother Hagin stood up and said, I don't mind telling you, I'll never have the swine flu. Why? Because he got vaccinated. What do you mean vaccinated? He got vaccinated with the 91st Psalm. Hallelujah. No evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Amen. Glory to God. But the pastor had such a reverence for the devil. You know, he didn't know it and didn't know what he was saying. But he says, in a, in a real whispered voice, Brother Hagin, he said, I wouldn't say that for anything in the world. And Dad said, why? He said, don't you know the devil will hear you? And dad spoke up and said, he's the very dude I wanted to hear me. Amen. So we do not want to walk through life tiptoeing with the spirit of fear on us. We want to walk through life with our shoulders back with the spirit of faith, which is the spirit of victory. In every endeavor that we face, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 30, Matthew the 11th chapter in the, in the 30th verse says, My yoke is wholesome, useful, 
good and not harsh. It's not hard. It's not sharp. It's not pressing. But what is it? Could we get a little bit more spizzerinctum in the house today? But what is it? Comfortable. Pleasant. And my burden is heavy and hard. Is that what he said? My burden? Hey, Raul, you go to the Philippines, brother, it's going to be heavy and it's going to be hard. And every demon in Asia is going to come against you. I know the Lord says this, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. Amen. When you go out in the will of God, you can expect the God of glory to be your rear regard. No, he didn't say my burden is hard and heavy. He said, my burden is light and easy. Life and ministry, and I'll put ministry here because we're, we're all ministers, right? Look, at, look to your left and say, you're a minister. Look to your right and say, you're a minister too. Somebody says, there wasn't anyone on the left or right. Well, say it anyway. <laughs> Call those things that be not as though they were. Every one of us are ministers. So in life and in ministry, if you do it right, if you, you got to do it right. You can't be going through life with the cares of this life on your shoulders. It'll get too heavy on you. It'll press you down too much. It'll oppress you. When all the time, God has called us to be a blessing if we're too involved with the cares of this life and too weighed down by the things that we face daily, we'll never be a blessing because we will be more conscious of ourself than conscious of the greater one on the inside. If you do life right, now that does not mean you're not going to have any challenges. That does not mean that you're not going to have some trials and tribulations. That does not mean that afflictions are not going to come your way. Because we know that they will. Because these persecutions, these afflictions, these cares of this world, they come for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to steal the word out of your heart. The Bible says they arise for the word's sake. So if you, if you do life right... And one of the ways that you do life right is you got to get this thing, this, this thing an inch beneath your tongue right. It's important to speak right. It's important to think right. And of course, it's important to be right. Amen. I mean, live right. But one of the things you can do to do life right is to say, I don't have a care. Jesus is Lord over my life and I refuse to worry. Somebody said, wow, man, that's just too good to be true. Well, if you will school yourself in faith, that can become a reality in your life. Amen. My God and your God's got great plans for you. He's not a harsh taskmaster. 
What are you saying today, Pastor? I'm saying enjoy your salvation. Enjoy your salvation. So what is hope then? What is, what is hope? We're talking about choosing hope over hopelessness. We're talking about choosing hope in a hopeless situation. What is hope? Well, some definitions of hope is to have a confident, favorable expectation of something desirable based on the Word of God. Hope means to be intensely expectant or to be confidently looking forward to something that you fully expect to happen. Amen? It's having a confident, and I like this statement, joyous expectation. So hope and expectation, they are a major key to everyday blessing. In Philippians chapter 1, let's look over in verse 19 through 21. Philippians, the first chapter, verses 19 through 21. Now the Apostle Paul is in prison. And the Apostle Paul, even though he was in prison, he didn't let the prison get in him. That's right. Amen? And Paul, writing to his partners at the church of Philippi, said this to them. He said, for I know, <laughs> I know that this is going to turn around. We serve the God of the turnaround. And Paul said this, I know that this shall turn to my deliverance. Even though I'm in prison, I'm fully persuaded that deliverance day has come. Whether I die in the prison, I'm going to be delivered out of the prison. I'm going to be in the presence of God. Or whether they let me out of prison, I just have this confident, favorable expectation that everything's going to be all right. Say this with me. Everything is going to be, it's going to be all right. He said in Philippians 1, 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation. Now notice with me, through what? Through your prayer. Paul had partners doing what? Is it important that we pray for one another? It is as important that we pray for one another that we pray for this nation. That we pray for the upcoming elections that are coming on Tuesday. It's important. There's power released in prayer. And Paul hooked up with that prayer. He said, I know that things are going to turn around for me to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of prayer brings a supply of the Holy Ghost. Now notice what he said. This is according to my earnest expectation. 
This is according to my earnest expectation. That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or be by death. Man, that's a man of faith. I like that. So what I want to say to you is this, is much of what you and I experience in life is in direct proportion to the earnestness of our expectations. Paul had an earnest expectation. I like this statement that expectation all mean, also means to look forward to with excitement. Excitement. You know, we just got back from KCM meetings in Sacramento. Oh man, what great meetings. Brenda and I, all week long, we're looking forward with great excitement to sitting under Brother Copeland's ministry. We got so excited about getting there that we drove up there Wednesday night. We drove up there and checked into a hotel and wanted to make sure we were well rested because, you see, we had an earnest expectation that we were going to hear a word from heaven. And we did. And you are right now. But what are things that you have looked forward to with great expectation? How about your wedding day? Some of you have lost the fire. <laughs> well, well, well this, is, this is the year of the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man. Phew. Brenda and I got married July 22nd down there in Skeedy, Oklahoma. I mean, a city slicker got married in a town of about three people. But it wasn't the town that I was excited about. It was that bride, Brenda Raylene Edwards. Woo, Nelly. Beautiful bride. And I stood, that, stood there at the altar, just waiting for my bride to walk down the aisle. I was expecting, expectant of being married and having a life of heavenly bliss. You know what? In July we'll be married 41 years. Looking forward to 41 more. <laughs> then I can remember back in uh, September of 1979 when Brenda was pregnant with John and we were back in Wilmer, Minnesota and we hardly had two nickels to rub together in those days but we were happy we were happy we were happy because we were in love and she's pregnant and I tell you what we were getting excited about the birth of our son and when you get excited and when you have an earnest expectation, you also make preparation. Some of you need to open some saving accounts. So he says, I don't have anything to put in it. Open the saving account and believe God. Make preparation. Have an earnest expectation. So there were preparations made. You made preparations when little Caden was born. How many of you made preparations when your babies were on the way? It's a precious thing, isn't it? 
There's such, there's such a, a grace and such an anointing that we experienced when, when John was born. It was like the room was filled with glory. It was awesome. But there was this excitement. There was, there was this expectation. Amen. Now let's look at Psalm 27 in verse 13. And I can see that this message is going to go into... Not extra innings right now, but possibly next week. We'll have to see. Psalm 27 and verse 13. The question I have for you today is, what are you expecting? Stop expecting the same old, same old. Stop talking about the same old, same old. Amen? Psalm 27, 13 says this. I would have lost heart, or I would have fainted. I'm reading from a different translation, but keep that one up there. I would have lost heart. In other words, uh, when, when, we, when we lose heart, we could say it this way, we lose hope. That's true. Because here's what happens when hope is deferred. See, the Bible says when hope is deferred, it makes the heart, What? sick or it makes us makes it to stoop he said i would have lost hard we could read it this way i would have lost hope i would have fainted i would have lost hope unless unless i had what believed that i would see the goodness of the lord Not when we all get to heaven, but in the land of the living. Right here. Right now. Why are some fainting? Why are some losing hope? Because they've stopped believing. Because they've stopped expecting Because they've stopped declaring. But just as easy as you stop doing those three things, you can start her up again this morning. You can start believing. You can can start expecting. And start declaring, thus saith the Lord. Now, the voice translation of this verse, this is a a beautiful, beautiful verse. The voice says this. And we'll we'll just wait there. And I don't know that we have that translation, but I'll just wait a moment if if you're bringing it up. This is worth the wait. In the voice translation, that's V-O-I-C-E. We don't have it. Okay. Okay, listen. Look at your neighbor and say, got your ears on? I got my ears on. They're perked up. He said, I will, I will move past my enemies. He said, I will move past my enemies with this one sure hope. Woo! I'm going to move past my enemies with this one sure hope. That with my own eyes, I will see the goodness of the eternal in the land of the living. 
Ooh, I will move past my enemies with this one hope. Moving past the enemy is moving past the pictures of hopelessness that he brings to our mind. Moving past the hopeless pictures that the enemy brings. I'm moving past that. For some of you, it's time to move on. You've been on that mountain too long. You've been talking about that mountain too long. It's time to move the mountain and move past your enemies with a confident, favorable expectation that you're going to see the goodness of the eternal in the land of the living. Raise your right hand and say, I'm moving past my enemies. And so what does this do? This speaks of expectation. Expecting to see God's goodness right now. Raise your hand with with me toward heaven and say, I expect to see good things, to see God things in my life. I expect to see good things, to see God things in my family. I'm expecting to see good things in my future. Robert Schuller says this. He said, let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Let your hopes, not your hurts, Shape your future. Desmond Tutu said this. Hope is being able to see that there's light despite all the darkness. That there's light despite all the darkness. And listen to this statement. I can't take credit for it because I didn't think it up, but I forgot to write down the name of the quoter or the person. Listen to this statement. If the pain of your past seems greater than the promise of your future, you need to spend some time with the God of hope. Woo-hoo, glory to God. And we'll close right here in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I think we should take a praise break. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Now notice in verse 31, it says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect for and look for and hope in Him, shall get tired. They'll get irritated. They'll get frustrated. They'll get discouraged. Just let me stop right here right now and say this, that frustration is not faith. It does not say that when we wait upon the Lord, we get irritated and frustrated and tired. It says, no, we will change and renew our strength and power. We shall change and renew our strength and power. Say that with me. I shall change and renew my strength. Because the power of God is working. Now notice this. This phrase, renew their strength. 
That's where the joy of the Lord comes from. The joy of the Lord is your strength. See, what happens when PT and I and Nance and you and George and everybody, when we wait on the Lord in our individual lives, here's what happens. Joyous, confident expectation kicks in. We, we, we may have, been, we may have been, a little, been a little battle-worn. We may have been a little fatigued. We even may have been a little overcome by some circumstances. But we know where to go. We need know that we can go to the rock that is higher than I. How many times, and I want to see a show of hands, how many times has the pressure been on and you went to Him and you waited on Him and all of a sudden, that which is on the inside began to come up and kick in and the joy of the Lord got in gear. Amen. They will change and renew their strength and power. They will lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. They'll mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. See, renewal takes place and it replaces weariness and despondency when we wait on the Lord. Instead of burning out, we start picking up steam. Now that's about 20% of my message, but did you get anything today? Let's just raise our hands and thank God for the Word. Lord, we thank You that we've heard the Word, and we make this conscious decision before this congregation, before heaven, before hell, before the angels. We make this decision that we are not just hearers of your word, but say with me, I am a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. And I am blessed in my doing. Amen and amen.